Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. We are recording today's episode just a few days after celebrating Halloween here in the U.S., and Jenna and I had actually carved our own pumpkins, and we'd gotten into a bit of a conversation around the topic of rituals, rituals on holidays, other special events, occasions in general, and we thought, what better than to unpack the topic of rituals on an episode here right now? Most of our episodes, we've realized, lean themselves towards a how-to. Here's an issue or here's a question from you, the viewer or listener, which we love. We love hearing your feedback and conversation and really engaging with you guys from there. And when we were thinking about what to do on this episode so that we're not just doing one more (laughs) how-to and let's just open up to a more just open conversation. And while we were having that conversation about what to talk about, we were sitting on the couch in front of our fireplace that has these really cool carved pumpkins that Nicole and I carved the last couple of days. And I think just that cozy feeling of that sort of retreat, it's winter here, at least in the United States or going into winter. And I know for me, my my whole body, my whole being sort of feels that that retreat and wanting that sort of consistency of, of resting, but also finding a, I don't know, like this deep joy that I have that is for me largely found in a ritual, something that I know that I enjoy doing, that I love doing and maybe seldom make time to. It's been quite a while since I've actually sat in carved pumpkins. And as a kid, that's something I would do all of the time. And I signaled it in my body in a transition way. It came at fall going into winter. It was very much a time to slow down and pause and enjoy those smaller moments. And it's really easy to skip over those and to forget that they're even happening day to day. I think it's really even notable as I'm sitting here listening to you, Jenna, and hearing you describe the feelings that for you come along with ritual, this feeling of warmth and cozy, and even just thinking back um, across my life and the different rituals. I mean, first and foremost, I probably wouldn't have described them as rituals. Um, Even when you said that word a couple of days ago, I remember noting again, how different we are in so many ways that You know, for me, I would think about the things that we did on, say, birthdays or holidays. It's just like what we did for dinner on that particular day or how we, you know, decorated the home. I I don't think I ever would have used the word ritual. And again, even hearing you describe the language of feelings behind it, I really am realizing how even rituals for so long in my family, I've, I've coming to realize how even rituals were just kind of actions, just things, very surface type things that we did on those particular days, though how there was really an absence of the feeling behind that. And I really understand now um, in terms of the why that was probably the case for so long was how disconnected my family was. That even in these moments, I think, again, I keep going to holidays because that's, I think, the time where we think most of the things that we typically do in terms of a ritualized way, even in those moments, I think for me, it was just the action and really overstepping the feeling of it and seeing all of them, the moments in my adulthood where I would just similarly go through motions of what I'm supposed to do on this particular holiday. And really up until recently, of course, not feeling the feelings of it that you're describing. That's one of my favorite things about you and I both is that we, while we're similar in so many ways, we're also so very different in so many ways. And 
I think the word tradition came up first when we were talking about this the other day and tradition kind of lent itself Mm -hmm. to ritual and they can sort of be one in the same. Like I remember throughout childhood, a tradition of ours was on Christmas Eve, we would get a new set of pajamas and a new pillowcase or a new pillow and we would order pizza. So that Christmas morning, we would wake up and all of our photos would be, you know, in our brand new pajamas. Everyone would look nice and great and kept together. And it's something even into my adulthood. I mean, I left home when I was 16, 17, and for the last time at 18, but I've now spent more of my life away from home, still leaning towards the same things. And for me, it's something that, yeah, was created as a family tradition, though what's so interesting, and I would think has to do with the fact too that I have siblings. I grew up with other humans my age that I was creating these memories and these bonds with where your siblings were decades older. So there was little Nicole also doing these traditions or rituals by yourself. So I think a lot of the embodiment and the feeling that I have around certain things, it really is this inner coziness. A lot of them are around holidays, particularly the winter holidays, and I think are very heightened right now for me because it's also coming up on about a year since Jake passed. In about two weeks, it'll be a year that he passed, and he passed right before you know, the winter holidays here in November and then Christmas coming right around the corner. And it feels quite literally like I've blinked and the last year has just happened. And this time feels like the first time in years, even though last year Christmas came to holidays came, it was the same feeling, but I wasn't present for it. And I think because of that, this year, just spending that time, you know, outside with Nicole carving pumpkins and sitting around a fireplace with warm, glowing lights, all of that has been so healing and so intentional to remind myself and my body that I'm here to support it in its natural leaning to slow down and to return to these joyful moments that for me, I do have a lot of packed memory in. And now I'm getting to create my own. I have an entirely new created family now that I'm getting to create these new rituals and traditions with. And I think that that's so it's so beautiful and so important to continue emphasizing to everyone and to myself mainly that I get to create these now, regardless of what did or didn't happen in my past or what traditions you do or don't lean back on, you now get to create any and all that you do want with the people around you that you do want. I even, again, another illustration of our difference and really going back to um, your observation in terms of my birth order and you know siblings and not having other humans. And I really want to kind of go back to that because I'm resonating. And there's just so much of a theme in my family too, especially because I was the youngest that once I got to certain ages, right? Once I knew Santa, you know, wasn't real and like certain traditions, right? Were kind of like, were they were blowing and certain traditions were no longer possible. And because I was the youngest, you know, all of that kind of, once I became aware of Santa and these certain things, um, holidays did begin to look a little different. And all of that was a message that I internalized myself with this idea of, holidays and the way we show up and these orchestrations of rituals or traditions, whatever you want to call them, are in service of someone else, right? So much so that once me, the young child in the home, no longer believed in that particular ritual, there was no use in even doing them anymore. And for me, that really just, again, illustrated how the adults in my family likely themselves 
didn't have reason enough for their own rituals, right? In absence of them showing up to show me this particular Christmas experience, once I was no longer necessary to show that experience to, there was no necessary reason for that experience itself. Um, And that's really resonating and hitting home because I carried that belief with me, with this idea that if I didn't have a partner or if, you know, there was no reason to celebrate me on a particular day, a holiday, my birthday in absence of having someone else to celebrate that with or to ritualize aspects of my life or my being or the way I want to experience and document time myself for myself. So, so much wisdom in there that I think it very much was this learned idea that if I didn't have a community, a relationship, a point of celebration outside of me or a point of ritualization outside of me, that I somehow wasn't enough. And my life very much did illustrate that where I didn't take time to ritualize, to show up, to memorialize, to document, to have tradition if there wasn't a reason outside of myself. But of course, you've been a um, role in terms of reminding me that we are reason enough to celebrate. Part of what that actually looks Uh like is our house currently has little, you know, decorations all over the windows, little cat toys that are all Halloween and fall themed. And those are all little sort of superficial materialistic things, right? But they channel a very innate part of me, this forever kindergarten teacher, this little child within me that, you know, I did spend 10, 15 years teaching little kids directly, preschool through, we'll say middle school. And I realize now in reflection, you know, I'm 35. I don't have kids. Kids aren't necessarily in my future. And I can see how I so intentionally for decades put my time into direct relation of caring for kids, whether that was, you know, nannying little ones for years or teaching preschool, teaching kindergarten for years and still now being connected to those children who were once kindergartners and are now off in college. And that time around children really really affirmed and really allowed me to continue cultivating that that ritual side of me, that decorative side, those, you know, little paper decorations around the holidays, stuff that we would do for children, right? If a kid's going to go to a craft fair, or go to school or do something imaginative and it's around the holidays or the seasons, we cultivate this imagination and this creativity and this play and this sort of coziness where they get to imagine and then create their own world and their own home. And I do think because of my close relationship to teaching children and staying connected with that over the years, I've continued to cultivate it. Maybe for whatever reason, I'm grateful because you would look around the house now and by no means know that you know, three women in their 30s, 40s live here and a bunch of cats. It would look like children live here because there's that really playful side. And I do attest a lot of that, especially to being a twin. I quite literally came into the world in a womb with another human being. So even my birthday since birth to me has always registered as a celebration of another. My birthday is Josh's birthday. So I immediately go to, you know, I got to send him balloons. What am I going to do for him? How are we going to celebrate? And Jake too. Jake could have just been a triplet. He was only a year older. There were three of us in diapers under three. So our imaginations really did foster and mold together. And I think some of those rituals or those traditions 
became worlds that we could live in as siblings, no matter what was going on on the outside. You know, even if there was screaming and fighting around us, we could retreat home in our pajamas with a flashlight under a blanket and make a whole nother world. And I'm realizing so much of that really does come with the seasons when fall comes, when winter comes, the world is going into a rest and a repair already what's going to bloom in the spring is there in the winter, but we go into this rest to devote these resources to these ritualistic things. Winter is ritualistic in nature. The leaves fall, new buds are birthed, and in the spring they bloom, and then the same cycle happens again. And I very much see rituals and traditions in the same way. I think that they're so important for our hearts and for our souls and our minds to have something that we return to that we're fond of and that nurtures us. I think what's really, you know, great to even hear you even describing, you know, all the different types of ritualizing, whether it's the seasons as they shift and change. Obviously we've talked about holidays. I mean, really anything can be made into a ritual. So, you know, for anyone out there listening, really exploring, you know, what is the current place of of rituals? Do you have those moments, those things you do, the spaces that you do it? And, you know, if you don't yet, you know, can you carve out that actual space in your day, space in your, you know, in your home environment or whatever it might be, decorating, maybe even if it's just a corner of a journal or a notebook where the ritual is just celebrating and turning inward in the action of journaling or writing in that moment. We can really get creative and explore different ways that we can incorporate ritual for ourselves, And of course, many of you might revisit old rituals, traditions that you remember from childhood, and maybe you do want to reintegrate them into your current life. And maybe you want to create new ones, different ones, different ones that look completely different. And maybe you didn't have those in childhood and you want to make some new ones for yourself. So going back to what you described earlier is that we do all have the choice and it doesn't have to look like rituals around specific holidays and the rituals that we set don't have to look like our neighbors up the block either. We can really carve out a individualized experience of what we want rituals to mean for us, how we want them to look, where will they live um, in our current life and really making sure that we are aware that even those of us without children um, being ritualized, playful, and traditioned in some way, even if we don't have the people that we're passing them down on to, which I think is a other, another reason why we might ritualize things ourselves. You know, doing it for the little child within us is reason enough to integrate rituals into our life. That actually came up in our chat the other day about this while we were staring at our pumpkins. <laughs> that even I have immediately my brain goes to, well, what about all the people out there who are, you know, alone, who are feeling alone? I get a lot of comments or feedback from people who listen or just, you know, share along in our journey and comment on the fact that we get to do it with another. We get to do it with our loved ones, with our life partners. And not everyone has that. And it's not a bad thing that not everyone has that. There was a point in time in my life where I did not have that, but what I had in that time was my own space, my own time, my own ability to set an intention for what I wanted and time to really get curious about 
the vision that I did have, what I did want to fulfill on, which was having a family, was carrying on these little traditions or rituals or creating my own and being able to share them with people around me. Though what was really helpful for me along the way was that I didn't stop doing those things. And many of you, I realize, have stopped doing those things. A lot of us have so disconnected from ourselves, maybe we never even did any little nice ritual or thing for ourselves and with ourselves. For whatever reason, for me, that was my survival. I knew that wherever I went, even though I was little miss independent for most decades of my life, I continued on with those same rituals for myself. I was always in the presence of myself and it was strengthening that relationship that allowed me to actually embody and be the life that I wanted while I was putting one foot in front of the other, literally creating the life that I wanted. Because at one point it was me couch surfing without a home, without my partners, completely broke, though still finding those joyful moments in the most mundane things. And the ability to find that good and to choose to see that joy, I really believe is what has allowed me to still cultivate it now. There was something within that did honor the fact that it is a choice. I'm one thought away from a different experience, which also means then I need to support my body outside of those moments and treat it well and nourish it so that it's actually physically able to access that choice of joy in those moments. So speaking to everyone who you know was relating to what I was sharing earlier in terms of if you are alone, if you are explaining away why, you know, it's it's not worth you showing up for yourself in this way or this holiday or creating space because you don't have anyone to share it with. All things that I have said to myself, arguing myself out of those very beautiful moments that you're describing, Jenna, which are so incredibly impactful, right? Creating the space to honor us, to get curious, to even explore how it is that we might want this particular occasion or whatever circumstance or holiday, whatever it might be, to look for us. That then will allow us to bring us into that future relationship instead of just deferring then to the next partner and how they imagine they want your holidays to be or your occasions to be so that you are able to bring a part of what you want into this new tradition moving forward. So again, speaking to all the past selves that I know I have been myself and explaining away those moments, knowing how important it is and really pausing in those moments to just give yourself the gift first and foremost of that space, of the opportunity to get curious, to begin to ask yourself how it is that you want to spend this time, this moment, this now, so that this can happen regardless if you have anyone to share it with or not and ought to. It is so important, again, to retain that self. Even when we come back into community, into relationship with somebody else, we want to make sure that there's still an us in that we. It's There's so much power in what you just said. It's so to bring a you into your union with someone else seems so simplistic and so foundational. And it seems to me also to be the first thing that goes out the window. Very rarely do I see a first union of two people where they, a you is bringing their full self-expression to meet the union of another fully self-expressed person. And there's nothing wrong with that either. 
we learn so much about ourselves in relation to another, in relationship to another, though that beginning part, that relationship with yourself is no matter what today of your life and the rest of the days of your life look like, you are in control of you. That's it. You and the weather around you. So while we've extended this conversation about rituals and traditions, you know, kind of naturally defaulting to the seasons and to holidays, also keep in mind that a ritual is something you can do for yourself from morning till sundown. It could be your morning routine of brushing your teeth and washing your face, putting on lotion, getting ready for the day. Maybe at nighttime, it's the same thing. You know, at a certain time of night, I dim all of the lights in our house. They go off. It gets really cozy and I'll have that time. I'll have a ritual of going and brushing my teeth and washing my face before bed. Sometimes Lolly is like, you know, what's taking you so long? <laughs> Why are you not in bed yet? But that's my time for me. And I make sure that I create that. And if I'm really just peeling back and observing myself, I will actually watch myself naturally go into those rituals and routines because my body at this point is now structured in an autopilot of leaning towards the things it's naturally drawn to, to regulate itself, to soothe itself. So give a little bit of credit to, or a lot of bit of credit to yourself and to your body and start to become that observer. Because if you really do let this monkey mind take a back seat for a moment, a lot of the time you'll see the wisdom of your body already coming forth. Those little messengers that tell you, you know, you want to go to bed early tonight, or you want to wake up early, or you know, you're dehydrated, or you don't really want to reach for that junk food over there, but you're going to do it anyway. You have all those voices and all of this wisdom in you already. We just sort of negate it or turn down that voice often. So in in creating rituals or traditions with yourself, just watch yourself. Watch what your body is naturally leaning towards and start to, to honor that voice and cultivate that voice. I love this. And I just want to kind of end on this note too, because it's a really different experience, right? Just using your ritual, your bedtime ritual of taking a very long time to <laughs> wash your face and brush your teeth and do all the things, right? And I'm just thinking again, from a past self of mine, you know, doing that just to check off the boxes to say that I did that is a much different experience and just being present to the water as I'm washing my face, to the water as I'm, or the bristles as I'm brushing my teeth or whatever it might be being in presence. So saying that to say that many of you out there probably have a lot of rituals that you might just be like I was again, very surface, just checking the boxes, plowing through the ritual to get to the next moment. So for many of you living into the ritual might just be being present to that, which you're already doing, being in your body at that moment of the thing that you do at the same time, every day of washing your face, being present and embodied while you're doing that. That's going bring this conversation full circle back to those feelings that I just avoided for so long because I was so focused on just checking the boxes to get the ritual done, to get to the next moment in time, not understanding that every moment can be an opportunity to be a ritual. We can live, we can become, our life can become a living ritual if we do it in our own presence. So those of you listening who are maybe shaking your head, I have no idea what a ritual is. I assure you, you probably have 
many rituals in your daily life and or you can create listening to this might be one listen for and many actually of you listening to this podcast you say is a ritual yes. it is a self-care ritual for many of you yeah i was going to say I, i'm even a lot of comments directly specifically coming in with just different unique ways of engaging with this podcast many of you popping it in and taking it for a walk with your dog some of you having it over coffee some of you have a particular day of the week where you you know listen to one or more podcasts again it can look as unique as each of you listening are. Um, living in ritual can, again, is a service we give to ourselves. It's a gift, the gift of life, of embodying the life that we're creating and knowing, again, that even if we come from a, a family that lacks ritual or tradition, we have the opportunity with ourselves, with those around us to create rituals literally at any given moment. And something that just popped in, I realized we didn't mention yet, with rituals and traditions, especially I'm realizing this in honoring the anniversary of Jake's death, with that oftentimes comes a lot of memories, a lot of really mm -hmm. packed down memories, often a lot of traumatic memories or uncomfortable ones and or a lot of grief. What comes with a lot of rituals and traditions of our past also is a lot of locked down physical sensation in your body. So be very tender with yourself as well and create a space for that to be. I know I've noticed with a lot coming up and the changing of seasons and this new anniversary of death and feeling the tears even just then, like starting to creep up in my throat. And I've started noting, okay, if, if I notice myself pushing down tears in a moment, because maybe I'm in a meeting, maybe I'm working, maybe it isn't an opportune time for me to just fall to the floor and collapse. Sometimes I need to do that. Yes. And other times, it doesn't work. So I'm not going to ignore it. I can still acknowledge that those tears are there. Those feelings need to be felt. And I'm actually now going to literally look at my day and find time this afternoon or find some alone time this week or maybe tomorrow morning, whenever I can. Maybe it's 10 minutes. This what happened when I worked in the hospital. I worked in long-term acute care and pediatric oncology. It was a very emotional trying job. And crying in front of patients isn't necessarily the most opportune thing, right? Though it's emotional to be there for them and their families. And a lot of the time for many of the nurses and doctors throughout the day, you find a bathroom, close the door, cry it out for five or 10 minutes because you actually need that physical release. So if that also comes up for you in this conversation, allow those feelings to be. If right now allowing them to pour forward isn't the most workable time, note that they're coming up for you right now and create space for yourself to allow them to be acknowledged, allow them to be felt because they will not go anywhere until you do so. They need to be felt in order to be healed. So I realize and extend a lot of compassion and a lot of love to everyone who who is experiencing grief or hard times or challenging or uncomfortable feelings that come up around rituals and traditions, because for many of us, those are locked in within us. And it's really important that we create a ritual also around allowing ourselves to feel what comes up for us. I thank you, Jennifer, for ending us on that note too, because I think that is the other side of rituals, which is all of the memories um, that might come with maybe some of the very real ways we want to continue living a particular ritual that, again, brings up loss, past grief, circumstances that, again, never were or, or are no longer and everything in between. So, again, really honoring the wholeness um, of our relationship with 
with rituals and with ourself in any given moment of any day and learning again how to carve out that space to honor everything that might be a part of that experience. So on that note, I'd love to hear from all of you listening um, what your take is on rituals. Um, what presence do rituals play or role do what rituals play in your current life? Um, did you hear anything that kind of shifted or changed the way you think about or experience rituals and or share a commitment that you will make to yourself moving forward in terms of creating a new ritual in your life? And of course, you can drop these in the comments on YouTube, on our Instagram page, wherever it is that you are viewing or listening to this and know that we are always a comment, a message away. And as always, we thank all of you who are helping spread the word of this podcast. We are keeping this ad free. So any moment you share, tag friends, loved ones in any episode that you are resonating with, we truly, truly appreciate your help in spreading the word and look forward as always to continuing this conversation with you all on next episode of The Soundboard.